We're in a series in the book of Genesis, and this happens to be this particular uh, Sunday. Uh, the emphasis is really on children, and then uh, the whole event that impacted uh, families with children at Sandy Hook Elementary School uh, occurred. And I was thinking uh, it might have been a God thing that I was going to talk about children when children are going to be all in our mind because of what, what happened. And then also it's interesting, we had planned uh, before that this would be a, the Sunday in which um, we'd have Matt share a little bit about his experience uh, on, on the field in South Africa. And we're going to try to blend those things together a little bit this morning. In fact, in many ways, what I had planned for today has been changed dramatically uh, for a variety of reasons that if you're in the first service, you'd know why. But we won't, we won't kind of go down that path at this moment. But I, I want to begin this way is that when you think about lessons on children at Christmas, that what we need to realize is that often we think about the ones who can enjoy Christmas the most are, what, children. And yet Christmas is not simply for those between the ages of, of 1 and 12. Uh, that really Christmas is for those who are children, in, those, in that age bracket, but also for those who used to be children, that really Christmas is for everyone. And really the main message I want to share with you today, there's a kind of a singular point. I'm going to do, I am, Lord willing, get to one point in the outline this morning. But what I would say, the lesson on children at Christmas is that every child needs to experience Christmas. And I don't mean the tree, I don't mean the lights, I don't mean the special food, I don't mean the gifts, and those are all good. But what strikes me because of what happened at Sandy Hook Elementary School is that children really need to experience Christmas. Now, there's a bigger question, as God is gracious, I think, in so many different ways for those who are too young to understand the message of Christmas. But if we identify ourselves all as children, and very, very few times does the Bible ever call us adults. There's a passage in 1 John that actually seems to allude to that. But beyond that, when you think of the people of Israel who following God, you call them the what of Israel? The children of Israel. And really, when we become connected with God, we become a child of God. And we cannot become children of God or a child of God unless Christmas happens. And what children of any age need in this world is Christmas. And not only here in America, but around the world. Matt had an opportunity this summer to go to, in the fall, uh, to South Africa. And really it was for the purpose of presenting Christ to children. So I'm going to have come up and share a little bit about that, and then I'm going to interview him just for a moment. So let's give a warm welcome to Matt as he comes. Hello. Um, yeah, first I just wanted to uh, say thank you to everybody. Um, uh, like my dad said, I was in South Africa. Um, I left in August. So I was there. Uh, three months, and I just got back uh, just a, a few weeks ago. Um, and it was an amazing experience that I, I couldn't have done without you guys, um, both 
just your support financially and in prayer was just um, so uh, so awesome, and I, and I thank you so much for giving me that experience. Um, South Africa is um, uh, primarily what we did there was we we spent time in the township areas, um, and the townships are right next door to places that look a lot like here. Um, they have nice homes and um, nice, you know, stores and restaurants, and um, it's right by the ocean. It's a very beautiful um, city that I lived in called Jeffreys Bay. Um, but right next door, um, right across the street, it could be, um, there's, there's the townships, and that's where we spent most of our time. Um, and townships have thousands of people um, that live in shacks that are um, sheet metal roof and walls and um, if it rains their house is flooded with mud and, and their, their, um, their food is spoiled and just extreme poverty. Um, so that's where we would, we would go every day and um, we, uh, we, we ministered to, to street kids um, and these kids were the, some of the hardest kids that I've ever um, spent time with. They've just been so hardened by um, just growing up really fast. Um, they've, they've, uh, most of them have been kicked out of school. Um, some of them were still in school, but a lot of them um, had been kicked out of school. The school systems in South Africa um, are one of the worst in the world. Um, and, I mean, some of the kids that were in school, they'd they, they'd come and they'd be like, we'd ask them, how's school been going? And they'd say, oh, the bus hasn't come in like two weeks because it's been broken down, you know? Um, and the teachers get paid very, very little. Um, so if, if there's any trouble with the kids or anything, they don't, they're not too shy to kick them out of school. I mean, then the kids end up on the streets and begging and um, just they learn to live a life that is, um, is surrounded upon trying to survive almost and, and a lot of our kids are looking for food and, and um, just come from homes that are broken and um, yeah so we, we dealt with a lot of kids that um, were were very undisciplined they would, they would um, curse at us they would um, there's friends of mine who just had sticks thrown at them and, and just very um, very hardened um, and one of the one of the things we did is we we used the sport of surfing. I love to surf, and um, we used that to kind of bring the kids to us because they were they had nothing better to do. So they they had the chance of people coming in and teaching them how to um, do a sport that's right in their front yard that they've never got to do before. Um, they're they're fully fully down for it. Um, so we used that to bring them together. We, we ministered to um, between two groups of about 30, 30 kids, um, and uh, we were able to share the gospel through that. Because um, if you bring kids together with a sport and you have them, you can you can share with them the gospel. Um, so that was really neat. Um, but it was it, I learned a lot. Um, I learned um, that I, I mean in, in Luke. It, Luke six thirty two through thirty six. It shares um, that we must love those who don't love us back, um, and I had to learn that firsthand through this trip, just with these kids, because um, you never know what you would get with them. Um, you'd have days where they were um, very, very um, 
easygoing and, and thankful and really appreciative, and you'd have days where you'd just, man, like, what is going on? These kids just don't, like, appreciate what we're doing for them. Um, but that, that's just because they, they didn't have any discipline. They'd been living on their own, and they'd, uh, you know, they, all they knew was how to survive, and, and a lot of times survival was just being very tough um, and hardened. And um, so, yeah, in, in that passage, it's, it says that it's um, that we must love those who don't love us. I mean, it's easy for those to love um, others that love them back. It says even sinners do that. Um, so I had to learn how to do that. And, I mean, Jesus, that's what he did on the cross. He did exactly that. He, he loved us even though we don't love him. And he sacrificed his son and died on the cross for us. Um, and we had, we had a woman that... Um, she was in a sewing ministry that we had, and what they would do is they'd um, sew the wetsuits and, and make clothes and, and kind of have a job for themselves in that way. Um, and she was, she was so baffled by the fact that we were helping out these kids. So she said, those are the, those are the bad kids. Like, why, why are you helping out those kids? And, you know, the, we had to just share that Jesus came to save um, and heal the sick, not the, not the healthy. Um, so, yeah, um, once again, I just thank you so much for, for giving me that opportunity. I learned so much. I also learned um, just how, how blessed we are um, and blessed I am for not only the family that I have and, and, um, and the friends that I have, but also um, just the country that I live in, too. Um, so there's so much that uh, we take for granted. Um, I mean, South Africa's unemployment rate is nearly 50%. Um, they have a president who's incredibly corrupt, who has an education level of a fifth grader. Um, and, you know, we, we, we complain a lot about our government here, and, and by no means is it perfect, and, and is no means is our nation perfect, but we have a lot to be thankful for. We've been blessed a lot. Um, and I always learn that firsthand whenever I, whenever I go um, to places like this. Um, so, and I also learned... Um, just, again, to just be thankful for what I've been given. Um, and, I mean, we dealt with extreme poverty. Um, and uh, one woman, we'd, she would have us over for, for dinner and tea a lot of times, and we'd eat um, something called pop, which is, like, basically what they eat in the townships to fill their, fill their stomachs. It's very cheap. It's almost like um, it's not potatoes, but it's kind of like potatoes, and you eat it with your hands, and it fills you up really quickly. Um, so we had two different two different types of pop for dinner, and um, they'd eat that all like breakfast, lunch, and dinner almost. And um, she actually had um, four walls that were cement, just kind of slabs of walls or cement. And she was incredibly thankful, um, and and you could see it in her face that she's she's out of the um, the tin roof and the she's out of the shacks, and now she has actual walls. And she was just, like, incredibly thankful. And, um, and I also told her um, just how people across the country, you guys, how you're praying for people just like her, and you're praying for um, the ministry that we're doing. And she started bawling, and she was just crying so much because she couldn't understand why people across the world like you guys are praying for someone like her. Um, and so I thank you so much for your support and prayer and both financially just giving me the opportunity to do that. So thank you.
I decided at the last moment that I'd interview uh, Matt a little bit while he's up here and give you another um, look at what he's experienced in terms of, of just investing his life in others. And uh, just a little bit of background, too, is, is Matt has been involved in our children's ministry here. Uh, one summer he interned and uh, spent the summer doing a lot of different things with our kids. But uh, on a volunteer basis, he's been involved in Vacation Bible School. And uh, this last year he was teaching one of the classes, one of the main classes that we were involved in. So it's, it's one thing to, to recognize that if you go to another place, it doesn't change you. It just gives you a different opportunity. And so as he served Christ here, uh, then he had the opportunity to serve Christ other places as well. He's had opportunity to work with children, and then he's been involved with uh, high school students and college students, reaching out to them in, in a variety of ways as well. But one thing that, that really struck me, um, Matt, as you shared this morning as well as today and other conversations we've had, would you say most of the time when you've worked with children, and this could be true in Mexico as well, that when you're working with children and you're willing to play games with them, spend time with them, uh, show you care, uh, do they normally respond with love and appreciation? Um, yeah, in, in the past, that's, that's what it's been. It's, they've been so appreciative and, and thankful um, for that. Yeah, if you go down to Mexico and, and you start playing a game of soccer, they'll just start flooding to you because they're, they're just looking for attention and care. And so you, you are just excited about as you show love, love is shown back to you. But you were saying in, in South Africa, that's not what you experienced. Is that true? Yeah, um, I did experience it a little bit, but, but I was, this was uh, the trip that really um, made me realize that it's, it's not everywhere that, that kids still are, uh, would come up to you and hug you and, and, and be thankful. I mean, these kids were the hardest kids I've ever dealt with. And, and again, I had to learn um, how to love those who don't really show love to you back. Um, these kids were hardened. And they, uh, um, yeah, it was, it was just, it was interesting to see. And I had to really, and uh, same with the team that I was with, we really had to trust that, um, that what we were doing was making an impact. Because um, you don't, we didn't see it right in our faces. You know, we didn't see um, these kids transform their lives completely we did see improvement but um we had to really trust that you know it, it says in god's word that when it's when it's spoken it doesn't return void um we had to hold on to that truth and that cornerstone that that god's gonna be god in in all situations and um we just have to be his tools um so yeah it was, it was very interesting to uh to work with kids like that that um were very hardened and, and didn't always love you back. Um, as you're as you're teaching uh, them the scriptures, and some of you you began kind of in a series beginning with the very beginning, which is creation. Uh, for some of them, was this some of the first times they had ever heard the stories that are in the Bible or the things that happened in the Bible? Yeah, for for most of them, this it was um, the first they had ever heard um, the Bible. We we gave them all Bibles. Um, they. Uh, we gave them these these surfer edition Bibles, so they had cool stories from professional surfers and how they had come to know Christ. And because we were teaching them how to surf, they were just so excited about that. Um, and yeah, we, you know, we would um, teach them about creation. We'd take them to the ocean and say, "Look, like you can look at this differently now. You can see that this isn't just 
a random ocean, but this is made by a God that also made you. And um, um, that concept um, was kind of radical to them. They didn't, they didn't see life like that. They saw life as survival, basically. And for many of them, it, they'll always see life like that. Um, and they'll always have to kind of survive and, and beg and, and, and live that way. But we tried to give them um, the hope that we only have through Christ. And how about prayer? Did some of them learn how to pray for the very first time? Or what were some of the experiences there? Yeah. Um, we, we taught them um, just how to be thankful for um, not only what we were given giving to them um, because they weren't thankful a lot of times, but also for uh, just their families and what they did have and um, for God's creation and for the ability to, uh, to uh, be able to have each other as friends. They were such a tight group um, of friends because they, they'd stay together everywhere and they'd, they'd roam the streets together. And um, so, yeah, they'd, they'd learn how to pray and they'd, you know, they'd, they'd always pray in Afrikaans. They spoke Afrikaans. Um, and, um, but yeah, just the, our, the guy we worked with who, who translated, he's always saying, they'd always say, oh, thank, thank you God for, um, for giving us the waves and, and for, um, giving us, uh, like they'd say my name and the team's names just for giving them, giving us like the ability to, to come and, and spend time with them. And, and so, yeah, they, they really learned how to, how to, Thank the one that gave them life. Now, sometimes we wonder, why, why do we do missions? Why do we send people around the world when we've got plenty of people in our own world that, uh, you know, in America that don't know the Lord? Is there are certain places, there are pockets of people that nobody is reaching out to. In America, we need to continue to reach out and, and find people that have only heard about Jesus but never been introduced in a personal way to Jesus. But there are certain places where the gospel is not as as evident, and uh, there might be even within a community where no one is reaching out to a certain group of people. And that's particularly true of some of the street kids that were um, being reached by the group called Olive. In that, in a surf town where you'd have a lot of young people surfing, you did not have street kids surfing. Number one, they wouldn't have surfboards, they wouldn't have you know wetsuits, uh, and really they wouldn't have anybody within except within their own circle of relationships, and none of them knew the Lord, none of them knew things about Christ. And so there needed to be a, a bridge built to them so they could at least begin to hear about God and His love. And, and they had very little context for love because they didn't get it at their home, they didn't get it at school. Uh, it was survival mode with their friends, and all of a sudden here you had people who were just giving of their time, giving of their effort, and then talking about this God that they'd never heard of. Uh, but this was a different experience for Matt, uh, not only in terms of reaching out to kids uh, in America or even down in Mexico, um, and also an opportunity he had in Russia a couple of years ago. Tell us about what you were doing in Russia a couple of years ago. Um, in Russia, we were doing... Um, I was there for three weeks, so um, this one I was there for three months. So we had... Um, definitely a shorter amount of time, but what we did was we um, did vacation Bible school um, with the kids, and we would do um, skits and, and uh, art lessons and Bible lessons all um, kind of intertwined together um, to uh, make it fun for them and also for them to learn. Um, 
And we did that at a uh, tuberculosis center for kids, um, many of which um, had parents but were most likely not going to be able to go back to their parents because of such an unhealthy um, just home life. And then a lot of them, they got tuberculosis or had been exposed to it through their father who um, most likely got it in jail. Um, and so, yeah, these kids were, again, had very little. Um, they, uh, you know, one story is they, uh, they'd hold on to it. We made paper airplanes one day for them, and um, they'd, they'd come and they'd put it in their cubby and they'd write their name on it and they'd play with it for a whole week and just would be so thankful because they had a paper airplane. Um, and, yeah, so we got to... Um, to spend time with those kids and, and learn again just how how little they had, but um, they still were able to be thankful for what they did have. Um, and one of the things you came back here when when uh, you know kids are kind of almost uh, addicted to video games. What was your reaction? What was kind of your reaction as you came back? Um, I was I was kind of saddened about. Um, Coming to coming back, and I realized it more just how um, not only our kids but also ourselves are so stimulated by so many things that we often um, forget about the little things and become unthankful and almost um, unaware of what we've been given. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, in my own life, just just driving around, just being so stimulated by everything around, I soon, you know, forget just how beautiful, you know, California is and how God made that, you know. And and I'll, whenever I whenever I go and, and spend time with people who have very little, I, I come back and I have a new appreciation for what I've been given. And and um, yeah, just just um, seeing kids who, I mean, when in South Africa, this kid JP, we. Uh, we wanted to play Foursquare. Um, it's like a it's like a handball game, and usually here we play it with like a big, nice red rubber ball, and you bounce it from square to square. And um, we, it was raining, and we didn't have a ball. And he's like, "I have a ball!" Like he he runs to his his home and comes back moments later with like a tiny little dirty tennis ball that he was super excited about because he you know he could help us out and he had a ball to, for us to play with. And I saw like. We almost laughed when he came back with that ball because, like, we, we weren't expecting a tennis ball. You know, we we're used to playing with the big, nice red balls, but everybody was was so joyful and thankful that he had a ball to us for us to play. And um, so things like that, I find that we we often we we often fail to 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 be thankful in the little things that God's given us. Um, so. And then, last question: What's the challenge you have? For your own life now that you've had uh, these experiences, um, I think just to continue to um, to look to God for for my future. I, I think I've never I've never been able to fully know what my future has in store. I've never, I mean, some some kids grow up knowing that they want to be this or they want to. Um, go into this work or, or do this for their life, and I've I've never fully known. And um, through 
through looking back on my life and, and learning more about God, I've, I've learned that that's exactly what God calls us to do. He's, he, doesn't, he doesn't expect us to know what the future is. And he says, he says nobody knows what the future is and, or has in store. Um, but I, I believe that's what a disciple is. A disciple goes unknowingly um, for the next step. And so for me, it's just it's, um, trying to hold on to that truth that um, God has my future and has all of our futures um, already in place. And um, just looking back to my last few years, um, I mean, I'm, I would never thought that I would um, get to go to the places that I've been and, and spend time with the people that I have. Um, I never planned for that. Um, and so, yeah, for my future, I just need to hold on to that truth that um, if you're in God's will, it's going to be it's going to be right and it's going to be amazing. Okay, why don't you pray for our, our for us at, at, at Grace Hills Church? Okay. Um, dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you just for your love for us, and um, I just pray um, that we would begin and, and continue to see you as um, the God that you are, Lord, the God of the universe that created us for a purpose. And pray that we wouldn't um, um, see our days as mundane or blasé, Lord, but that we would um, just just be able to see them as a chance to honor you, Lord, and that um, you've called us to love others and love those who don't love us um, as well as those who do love us. Um, but, yeah, Lord, I just pray that we would... Um, continue to see life um, in thankfulness and, and see life as, as a gift, a free gift, Lord, um, that we've only, only have because of your grace. And um, I pray uh, just that we would um, begin to, to, to talk to those around us and, and in our um, oikos and those outside um, that we just meet on a day-to-day basis, Lord, and um, yeah, that we would just live missional lives here on earth. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Thank you, Matt. As I was sharing, my, my, uh, my, my plan for this, this morning was a lot different than it, it, it has uh, come to be. Uh, but I, I do want to just talk a little bit about uh, brief a little bit from what Matt shared, and then look uh, in the scripture just for a moment. But as you think about that, uh, little children uh, are a lot like bigger children, aren't they? You know, sometimes we're like the children, say, from Russia, in which if anyone shows them love, then they're just gonna they're just gonna soak it in. They're gonna, they're gonna reach out for more and more and more of it. And that's I remember when he came back, he said, "Man, even little paper airplanes." He shared that story with us today. They they were so excited that, that we would. We would make them one, and they could fly it and 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 just uh, see it soar, and and they realized, recognize it was theirs, and they could put their name on it because they had so little, and and when they received even a little, it, it brought them so much happiness. And he would also say that these children who had health issues that 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 if anyone would would touch them and and just put an arm around them, that it would just overwhelm them, and and they would be holding these children like all day because they just wanted someone to care for them. But, but then he went to South Africa, and, and then uh, he saw these children with, with the same needs, the same poverty, and yet their hearts had, had been, been hardened. And, and they had come to the point 
believing that, that no one could care for them. And they, they had to fend for themselves. And if they opened up, sometime, somehow they would be hurt more deeply. And, and yet he recognized that, that both children he needed to love. And isn't that true of, of God's love for us? That some of us, you know, when we first heard about Jesus, we just immediately ran into his arms. Kind of like the story in, in Luke where, where the disciples wanted to turn the children away and he bid them to come to him. And, and some, some paintings you've seen of Jesus, is, in fact, the ones I probably enjoy the most are when he's happy with the children all around him. And yet I'm sure there were children of that day as well that when, when Jesus came, they were, they were looking for what they could get out of him rather than to to get close to Him. And, and that's a true not only with little children, but it's true for big children too. So sometimes we have a tender heart toward the things of God and, and, and we're so eager to hear from Jesus and respond to Him. And other times we have hardened hearts and, and we have almost an entitlement perspective that God needs to give to me. I, I deserve it all and yet we deserve not only so little, we really deserve nothing because we've been so far from Him. And so as we think about lessons on, on Christmas, uh, on children at Christmas, it's, it's part of what we've heard here today from, from that experience is that, that we need from our end to, to love those who will sometimes return that love back immediately. And, and other times we need to love those who, who will break our heart. And for some, we, we're, we'll only see maybe a little bit of crack in that, that hardness and he shared stories about where some of them began to listen. They, they, instead of messing around when the, the Bible stories were told, they began to listen. And, and those who would refuse to pray would, would now begin to pray. Because somehow they began to recognize maybe there is a God who created the waves that for the very first time, even though we've been right next to the ocean, we're now swimming in it. For many of them, they didn't know how to swim. They didn't have programs for them to, to learn how to survive in the water. And they were taught to swim and, and then to think that they could surf like those who, who had so much. And, and they, began, they began to see, well, if, if people showed them love, maybe the people that showed him love knew someone that had loved them. In the first service, I asked Matt, in fact, I don't think he, maybe I didn't ask him, he just shared it. He said, you know, I think I did ask him. I said, well, why, why were the children in Russia different from the, the children in South Africa? It, it wasn't location. It wasn't race. It wasn't economics. They were both impoverished. It wasn't health. In fact, in some ways, the children in Russia, in the place where he was at, had, had more health issues than the children he was working with, with in, um, in South Africa. He said it was, it was the difference between one person in the, in the clinic in Russia, a, a person who was in charge of all these children, as, as overwhelmed as she was, but they knew that she loved them. Where in South Africa, there were some that had never experienced love from anyone. And, and so as, as we think about God's call for our lives, the greatest commandment is to love our God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And, and the second is what ministry is all about, is, is to love people. Some, some who will not love in return. And see, that's the message of Christmas, is that, that Jesus came to a people that he knew the majority of them would not love him back. Uh, Paul put it this way in Romans, that very familiar 
uh, passage where he says, but God demonstrates or shows us his love while we were yet sinners, far from him. And that's the love that we need to keep giving, even though at times we don't receive it back. As I was planning this message and I was thinking, well, um, what, what, how could we look at Genesis chapter 25? And we're just going to just touch on it for a moment. But in, in, in the story, in that book of beginnings that, that launches at this particular time, uh, has a kind of a Christmas feel to it. Because one of the things that causes a tragedy like Sandy Hook Elementary School is, is how people look at other lives. And at that moment when those children and those adults were, chill, were, were killed, somehow that person looked at those lives as disposable. And see, we need to never have that thought linger in our minds. Every life is important to God. And the reason why every life is important to God, and here's the only fill in the blank on your outline this morning, is that children are miracles from God. In fact, if you want to paint it more of a Christmas theme, uh, children are gifts from God. In, in the first part of Genesis chapter 25, we're not going to even read the section, but we find out that, that God's miracles continue with Abraham. If you remember right, God gave the promise to Abraham and kind of God tested Abraham because he, he lingered the fulfillment of that promise. Usually when someone promises me something, I want it. When? I want it now. I, I guess a lot of you are like me, you know. I, I want it now when someone gives me a promise. And yet God had given the promise to Abraham and to Sarah that they had a child. And, and for years it didn't happen. Back for 25 years, it never happened to the point where they thought it's now impossible to happen. But God, in a miraculous way, gave Abraham and, and Sarah Isaac. And really, isn't that the picture of Christmas? It's all about a miraculous birth. And really, I really believe that every, every life that comes out of a womb is a gift from God. It's a miracle from God. There are a lot of tests they'll do on the womb or on the on the man and turn, try to determine are they able to give birth and and uh, sometimes the diagnosis will be no they can't give a, a child and then a few years later what happens <laughs> a child comes because God is the God of the womb and even those who are perfectly healthy sometimes for whatever reason they can't give birth and we need to recognize that that God is the giver of life. And sometimes he gives us object lessons to remind us of that. It, we're not all just physical beings. That God can prevent anything or make anything happen if he chooses for that to happen. And as we think about Christmas, it's the miracle of the virgin birth. And many people will scoff at Christianity just at that frontal point because that can't happen. Everybody's had biology 101. You don't, you don't make a child unless two people are involved in the process. And yet God who created the ways for those children to, to, to uh, surf on, God who created the, the sunrises and the sunsets is the one who creates life that comes from the womb. Uh, children are miracles, gifts from God. And, and whether we are indifferent toward lives that are around us or, or whether we take a semi-automatic weapon and, and take the life of children, 
at that moment, we don't, we don't see the simple message of Christmas that, that children, lives are gifts from God. Tom Green, who writes a political satire every day, I think, on, on, the, on our Internet, sent me a link a while back. And on it, he, 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 uh, the link brought me to a billboard that's, I think it's in Times Square in New York. I don't know if you've seen that or, or read about it. But there's an organization, and they have the right, I guess, in our, our country, uh, freedom of speech to put whatever they want. But what it reflects upon is how 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 much people really miss Christmas. And, and, and on this billboard, they had the words, keep the Mary. And the Mary there is spelled M-E-R-R-Y. And to take what Warren shared with us this morning, it's keep the joy, but dump the myth. And dumping the myth, they have a picture of Santa Claus, but beyond that, they have a picture of Jesus. And we need to understand for children who are ages 1 to 12 or those who are children 12 to whatever, you can't keep the Mary. You can't keep the joy if you dump the Messiah, if you dump what others consider the myth. Because what are you left with? Yes, you can have a happy holiday. But you can't have the significance of a holy day without Jesus. And, and when life happens, and we've already seen that in the book of beginnings, and it continues on today. When, when death happens, when horrific things happen, what does the world have to offer? Nothing. They can give idle advice about how you can tell the children what happened. They can talk about um, how we might be able to try to keep this from happening again. And have we been very successful at that? We can try to comfort those who have lost their, their child in a senseless killing. Or, or we can give the message of Jesus, which there is something beyond this life. And apart from connecting with the one who made you and then died for you, you have nothing. The the reason Warren could go through passage after passage after passage speaking about joy is because the source of, of joy is only found in God. We can be happy for a moment, but we can't be filled with the sense that there's a purpose in life, there's meaning in life, there's life beyond this life, unless we have the joy that was brought to this world at Christmas. And it's all understand, whether it's Abraham and and Sarah having that miraculous birth of Isaac, or as you'll see in Genesis chapter 25, if we ever get to it in other days, is that Isaac had the same challenge. (laughs) His, His wife would not bear a child. And they had to prevail in prayer for God to bring birth to a couple twins. A twin, I guess. A couple boys. My challenge this morning is simply this. As, as you encounter Christmas this year, and encountering Christmas in the best way is encountering it with the people around you. 
bring as much as you can Christ into this Christmas by recognizing again it only comes by knowing him. It, 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 it's the only hope that people have in this world. Paul put it this way, that, that Jesus is the indescribable gift. The most expensive gift that you'll receive this year will be the gift you don't open. And, and the most expensive gift that was ever given to this world was the gift of Jesus to this world. And, and some people need to hear about it for the very first time, and some who have heard, heard it need to at, at last open it and receive it for himself. Make Christ the center of your Christmas. Let's pray. Father, we've only really shared in simplest ways what Christmas is all about. And and Father, you want everyone here to be ready for Christmas. And, And to be ready for Christmas means that we can't miss Christmas. Father, if there's anyone here this morning that is on the outside looking in, might be today be the day in which they finally say, God, I'm, I'm tired of hearing about you. I want to know you. I, I, I want to enter in that relationship that Jesus offers. Not only to me, but to every child of, what, of, of whatever age in this world. If you don't know the Lord in a personal way, I invite you to admit your need and turn from anything that's keeping you away from giving your life to Jesus. Secondly, believe in your heart that Jesus not only came, but that he died on the cross for your sins and and rose again. And then commit by simply asking him into your life. Commit to follow him as, as the leader of your life, the Lord of your life, and follow him with everything that you have. And if you've already made that commitment, might you again understand that this is what life is all about. We can get so preoccupied with other things that that happen. But in the midst of what life is all about, might we recognize there's only one hope, there's only one peace, and there's only one source of joy, and that's found in you. And we pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Let's stand.